previously on the world of Tropis. Gareth lies back, staring up at the dust-ridden ceiling. Roland but me not letting another one die <laughs> um mine's not involving magic uh there Caroline mine's just excuse me way. I'm I have Medici training Moss and I have more than enough battle experience to deal with Roland's flesh wound so unless you want another in the mouth I suggest you shut up and let me do my job Whilst they speak, Basco is retreating down the hallway away from them, his boots splashing in the puddles as he nears a corner. He feels the years of experience bearing down upon him and knows that this is no mean task he faces. Somewhere ahead of him in the darkness, the Shridai lurks, a foul unknown creature of which his research has been unable to unearth much of use to him, but he knows this. Those with him must prevail. The ether storm is building. Spellcasters in this company can tell. Druze fills it into his very core. Even Miach begins to almost shimmer as a fading in and out of existence as the ether energies build. Everybody now feels as if they're walking through treacle. Not in an extreme sense, but your, your movements seem, seem as if they have to be forced. Everything is difficult and nothing seems real. The storm's getting worse. I think uh, Roland was getting treated. It's a simple case of she sews him up. Pats him on the ass, and they should get going. And gives him a lollipop. Yeah. You sure? You sure? You, you are you really sure you're not part of the NHS? She got the same bloody bed manner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and just to be sure, I a hundred percent sure that Roland doesn't give her a lollipop. Lollipop, lollipop, oh Roland's lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's it's Carolyn. She's probably got a, uh, a, a bigger, bigger, one than John, a bigger <laughs> John Thomas than any of us. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's probably a lesbian. Tash sure as okay. does. Okay, let's move on. What? Excuse <laughs> me? Vasco finds, himself, <laughs> finds himself staring at a long corridor. To left and right are four sarcophagus. One on the right has has its top shattered. Each of the sarcophagi 
has upon it carved into its lid the figure of one of those found previous in the um, statue room. All except the Carolyn statue are accounted for. Each of the, each of the lids of the sarcophagi show those buried within with their weaponry. Carolyn finishes tending to Roland's wounds and the company can continue onwards. Um, Drews uh, enters the room and sees this. Um, and he says, uh, Basco, let's tarry here a moment. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Um, what, what weapons do I see represented in the, uh, effigies on the sarcophagi? Mostly swords, a few spears. Basco widens his stance and holds his short sword low before him. Allowing it to sway slightly from side to side as he glances. I'm getting a bit of Domi Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Can we um, restart the corn guessing? We can. Here it comes. Uh, Drus will move to one of the sarcophagus that is not one of his companions. Uh, let's say a sword bearing one at random. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll. He'll. Uh, say to Vasco, he says, um, one thing you need to become accustomed to with me is I'm either absolutely brilliant or utterly stupid. And with that, he, uh, does his best to push the lid aside. Unfortunately, Drus's weedy fey arms aren't quite up to the task. <laughs> well, damn. Do you believe we should open this? Box I don't think it would be a good idea. We would probably just run into more time-consuming illusions. Or perhaps, uh, or perhaps, um, something that we can use in, in the fight to come. Um, Roland will check the inscriptions on the, uh, on the, um, sarcophagi. It's just various dedications, nothing of too much interest to the company. Um, the so part, one, one, one is Rodan Dorencio of House, House Dominos, and, the, and one is certainly Lady Carolyn of House Rincourt. Yeah, I would suggest you don't open that one. I have a uh, question. Vasco the one... will cast his eyes over the Cash cards. was talking first. Very well. The sarcophagus we're assuming Carolyn was in. So, is it the whole thing shattered or just the, the top lid. of it? The lid's broken off. The lid is shattered. So, the sarcophagus is intact. And open, yes. Um, Carolyn will go over to the open sarcophagus with her name on it and, and um, look inside. Inside the sarcophagus, Carolyn sees herself decomposed. Oh. Little more than skeletal remains and the occasional scrap of armor or leather. There is no halberd. There is no halberd. 
Well, that's just a tad disturbing. Yes, I wish you hadn't done that. Um, could you give me a hand with this one, though? She will walk over and help him move the lid. As she does so, the image of herself dead just lingers in her mind, leeching its way in. The lid of the second sarcophagi opens with ease. Inside, once more, decomposed body, although this one has the assault upon your nostrils that is a decomposed body in a confined space suddenly opens the air. Yeah, its sword is little more than rusted rubbish. Okay. Alrighty then. Hey, is an idea. On we go then. And Carolyn, don't worry about that just yet. Stop saying that. Well, I'm willing to take your word for it. You haven't been wrong before. Carolyn follows the group. Is it something wrapping at her mind? She tries. She pauses for a moment, thinking back, trying trying to figure out what this is. Something, something's really tugging at her mind. And then it clicks. Everything makes sense. Oh shit! Druce is. Voice her familiarity with that. Uh, all this. The company, everything that's happened makes perfect sense. She thinks back to a time during childhood, following a black cat into the, into the woods at the foot of the raincourt lands, getting lost, the night sinking in, being alone and then hearing a voice. Hearing a voice that would lead her onwards to a hidden tomb within which, amongst the dead of her ancestors, a halberd was found, one that would set her upon destiny that led to this very moment. The voice that had bid her onwards the voice that had been forgotten bar her subconscious was Drusus. Right, so, um, on, on we go then, folks? Uh, before leaving the chamber, Vasco will cast his eyes over the likenesses wrought upon the lids of the sarcophagi, fearful lest one may be his own. It isn't. Then, with a slight shudder, he moves on after the others. I wish she hadn't looked in that box. Continuing on down the corridor. Uh, Drews, uh, for once... um, um, finds that uh, Moss's company might be uh, might be preferable and uh, s- sticks close behind. Carolyn's probably lingering behind, trying to 
decide what she's going to do with this information or oh. revelation of hers. Oh, well, in that case, Druce will help. He'll, uh, he'll, uh, turn around and call out, come along, Carolyn, this way. She follows along. <laughs> Roland will shrug and say, what was that all about? Uh, don't worry about it just yet. Stop saying that. Then stop worrying. The company arrives at their destination. A great cavern, bare of any decoration. One passage leading away from it completely collapsed. You find that you've been walking uphill for a while now. And this, this is it, the dead end. There is silence here. Silence that you would, could not expect you. You find yourselves, you anticipated more, more pomp, more circumstance, more anything. But there is only silence. The Shredai is not in sight. Not yet. Druce will uh, fall back until uh, Roland passes him and he'll uh, he'll whisper very quietly. He says, uh, I don't think I can help in the, in this one. You're saying you want to sit this one out? Oh no, I'm just saying. Uh, don't expect much. I'll do everything I can, but there may not be much that I can do. I'll keep that in mind. Raising his sword, Vasco taps the tip against the wall. Once. Twice. Thrice. And then he waits. Listening. And watching for something to respond. Silence continues. Settling over to uh, Caroline, Moss uh, picks from his uh, pocket a little pouch with appears to be a little weight to it. Hands it over to her. Says, if you don't... <clears throat> if I don't make it in battle, live well. And Moss begins to step forward. Caroline opens the pouch and tips its contents into her hand. She finds the green gem. She puts the gem back into the pouch and stows it on herself in a place where it can't get lost. In a cleavage, got you. Yeah, it's 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 uh, uh, boot space. I think I think it's quite easy to get lost in there. Help me! Put it What are you talking about? Nothing. nothing. Have, have you never Have you never watched um, 
Final Fantasy X, where you know just pulls out every, all manner of things from her breasts. Or worst case, nope. um, what's his name? That that blue cat dude from Final Fantasy X who pulls shit out no. underneath his tail. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moss dramatically walking forward, sword at hand, all heroic like. Um, Drews will, uh, Drews being uncomfortable with the silence will, uh, cautiously move over to where, uh, Vasco is just tapped on the, the walls and the floor and, uh, he doesn't even seem to notice as he, as he moves over that, uh, uh, Miach, who's been kind of flickering uh, in and out, just uh, all of a sudden just winks out and doesn't come back. Roland will draw his sword um, and approach alongside uh, uh, Moss, but I'll cast a glance back at the others. So, aren't you coming? We're about to fight a demon. A demon? Yeah. Is there... Do we have any hope of winning? Demetria glances at her teammates, uh, looking for some hope in their eyes. Whatever happens, Demetria, we should fight. We should fight well for those who have fallen. It wouldn't... It wouldn't do us any well if we come all this way and we fail. We have to win. May Thandos be with us. Well, sometimes hope is all we need. Sarcastic clapping comes from the other side of the cavern. As the Shredai emerges from its shadowy concealment. It is a terrible creature of tentacles and ill form, and in its clutches is a naked form of Lorelei, held up, up above the ground. It is that which is clapping. How sweet. Look at them all. Maggots reveling in the corpse, a long dead god, staring up at it and saying, Father, Father. Run along, maggots. You have no hope here. <laughs> uh, just after that, uh, uh, taking out his silvery mystery cord, he chucks it right at her head. Unfortunately, the tentacle gets between it and her, drawing his sword. Moss shouts, Charge! And then begins to run directly at her. Stop. The, um, Lorelei says, holding up a hand. Moss finds himself frozen in place. How very impolite of you, says Lorelei of indignation. God damn it, not again. You should be much more polite. Things happen to those who aren't polite. Why don't you greet our guests, my little servant? You would offer yourself to me for such a paltry sum. <laughs> paltry? Drew says, finally, and, and possibly f- for the first time in the 
in the uh, experience of his companions showing anger in his voice. Paltry? No, the sum I offered is, is the sum that you are not allowed to collect. And you, he says, turning, uh, turning to Vasco, will you ever shut up? And, and, and with that, he thrusts his spear into Vasco, up under the rib cage and out through the bed. Oh, we having noticed what um, the Shredai made Drus do, he runs up to him and punches him in the face. Not only that, but he also kicks him in the stomach. Uh, he's attempting to knock Drus out, but he looks like he's very, very close to just using his sword on him. Well, <clears throat> Drus uh, takes the uh, blow to the face and then sp- after spitting out a tooth dramatically and smiling, he seems about to make uh, some some form of sarcastic remark when the the kick to the stomach lands and and uh, doubles him over with the wind knocked completely out of him and he kind of drops to one knee clutching his gut oh no you don't you do not destroy my pets says the shredai lorelei making a gesture towards roland throwing him against the wall roland cracks into the wall hard Roland flies into the wall and grunts and, and, and seems unable to properly express the pain he feels before, before falling down to his knees. Drews, still uh, clutching his stomach in, in one hand, uh, raises up his other arm and, uh, and uh, points to where Carolyn and, and Moss are are fighting and begins to to hum his his fey lullaby that they've heard before. Carolyn will um, step, but she spins the halberd to reach Druce to knock him flying. So it's kind of like she's she's stepping forwards and spinning the halberd so that it sort of does an uppercut to knock him flying. Druce um, takes the butt uh, of the halberd on his chin, causing him to bite his tongue and uh, botch the spell as uh, he goes back onto his back. As Druce lands to the floor, he'll find the end of her weapon pressed firmly against his neck, ready for a killing blow. The impaled smith leans upon the discarded spear like a broken rag doll, breathing out his last. His limbs spasm as he hangs there on the spear that was dropped when Druce was struck and kicked so savagely by Roland. And slowly, he tilts to the side and crumples to the ground his eyes rolling up to stare at the ceiling. And then he breathes no more. Lorelei, Dimitri yells out, pointing the tip of her spear at the girl in the Shredai's clutches. 
Has the Shredai delivered everything it promised? Does the Knight love you? Have you not paid a price? Lorelei is gone. She is... You can see to your eyes, there is nothing left there. It is but a puppet on a string, a shell, nothing more. The girl that was once Lorelei, the child of the uh, village priest, gone. Just nothing left. Curse you, Shredai. It seems you are rather determined, the Shredai Lorelei says, just making a gesture and lifting uh, Carolyn off her feet. Determined, yes, but also foolish. That's my pet, she says, lifting um, Carolyn up and smashing her against the ceiling, followed by the floor, followed by the ceiling again before dropping her. She is basically battered against stone and obviously her halberd is tossed feet away from with the second impact with the ceiling. Um, she remains on the floor battered but not unconscious. Seeing one of his companions taking a beating such is enough will for him to slowly begin moving again, sliding his sword across his arm. The pain allows him to clear his mind and body of the paralytic effect, and he rushes forward towards the Shredai. One of the uh, tentacles becomes in horizontally. He's able to put up his shield just in time to get uh, moved across into a side before he's able to bring his sword down to cut deeply into a tentacle. A second tentacle comes smashing down from a, hor- from a vertical position looking as if it's about to squash um, Moss flat. Falling to the ground, he'll uh, swing his sword up, tip at the ready. The blade cuts through a tentacle, but a third and a fourth for swinging, this time one from each direction. Roland will uh, grunt and push himself off his feet and... Uh, um, and try to rush over to uh, to uh, to Moss. Roland reaches part part of the way to Moss, but as just as the second as the uh, twin tentacles come in to crush him, it's obvious he's not going to reach in time. <clears throat> he will dip a hand into the uh, component bag on his hip and um, pull out a smaller. Um, a smaller amount of ashes than he did before, hoping that perhaps not as much magic won't be thrown back in his face. And he'll try and cast a flame bolt on the uh, on the tentacles, or one of the tentacles at least, hoping that Moss will perhaps be able to endure one terrafio incendio. The tentacle explodes in flames, and the Shredai turns attention to um, Roland. You. Taking a ragged breath, the Shredai lifts up both her hands, pulling Roland into the air, and then she makes a tearing motion. Roland can feel as if two great giants were yanking him apart from the arms. Obviously, he doesn't tear in half, but he's hovering in the air, racked with pain. Roland will let out a blood-curling scream. Too long you have threatened these lands. 
Demetria pulls a pouch out of her pocket and opens it up. What? No. How can you get more? Too many lives you have taken. You will pay for this, witch. She pours the a silvery powder into her hand and approaches the Stridae. The Stridae extends a hand towards you, seeking to push you back. And we shall make you pay. Demetria hurls the powder at the Stridae. Just as you do so, the Shredai forces all her energy towards you. You crash into the wall. Blackness overtakes you, blood mats the back of your head, and your armor is pierced by a sharp outcrop of rock. The powder, however, does fall upon the Shredai, and with a bellowing shriek, the Shredai reels backwards clawing at it with her tentacles and hands as if trying to fend away a swarm of bees. In a terrible state herself, instead of deciding to be a moron and to charge the Shredai, she will actually crawl over to Demetria and do whatever she can to ease the pain she's in. Through gritted teeth, um, Roland tries to to reason with Druce. Who's out cold? He's out cold. Wait, when did he when did he go out cold? I don't know, but apparently he's out well, cold. When I knocked him with my weapon. Uh, that's where. I... Never mind. In that case, Roland will will um, give a Mel Gibson-esque uh, scream of pain. Except he won't yell freedom. He'll just be yelling, sort of in pain. In Roland's mind, he hears the, the voice of his uh, mistress, his trainer. In his mind, he remembers her teachings. That pain is but an illusion. A figment of the mind, like all other things, that can be conquered. Roland will remember these words from his mentor and make a make an immense effort to um, to phase out the pain he's feeling, to to make it um, part of the torrent of pain and, and anger that is constantly in his head. And, uh, yeah, that was it. Uh, the tentacle crashing down upon uh, Moss uh, slams, slams hard, but not enough to knock him out. As the tentacle rises, finds that it's, it's still attached to Moss, as Moss had stabbed its sword directly into the tentacle, allowing it allowing him the advantage point to jump across the intervening gap between tentacle and her. The Shredai Lorelei's face mutates into anger as she spies the, spies the armored knight moving from tentacle to tentacle. She attempts to swat away the bothsome fly. Say nothing, Alex. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything until you said it. <laughs> Finally stopping running, he throws his shield directly at her as a uh, gambit move. The Shredai moves to uh, make her thrusting action towards um, Moss, but the shield catches her into her face, causing the head to dart backwards and distracting her. Blood runs down her cheek for the first time. This combat... My face! You ruined my face! She growls angrily. I'm gonna do a lot more than that. Hacking off one of the tentacles. 
I'm going to destroy you. The Shredai makes a motion, attempting to crush um, Moss into the ground. As she's now fully uh, opened herself up, Moss loses his sword. The sword flies through the air as Moss is pummeled into the ground, his armor crunching under the pressure. Literally, the, those of the company that remain up, main conscious can see the, uh, the plate in his armor crumbling inwards. As the Shredai is basically crushing him. The sword, however, finds its mark. It stabs straight between her breasts, crunching through ribcage and into her heart. The Shredai seems confused for a moment. But then the runes just above the hilt of the sword, the very reason why the demon hunter said so many times that it was Moss's sword that would save them. It was Moss that would prove invaluable at the end. The runes on the end of the sword glow azure. A question arises at this point, wondering where such a foolish knight, a creature she had otherwise put aside as no threat, or where this knight had found a demon hunting weapon. And then there is nothing. Nothing at all. The world is white. The ether storm erupts, churning pure energy through the cavern, incinerating everything. Flesh, bone, shred eye, rock. The roof comes collapsing inwards, flooding the chamber and anything connected to it. Up above the earth, those few um, humans still scrambling away in terror, still fighting at the great last fight against the undead, are obliterated. Flesh, undead, gone. The water evaporates in a second, as a second wave of ether energy blasts outwards. Just another footnote. In the journals of the Ordo Demonis, the Shredai is defeated. But those who ventured down beneath the earth to vanquish it perished alongside their foe. No bodies were ever recovered. The end.